What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, September 27th, week three in the books, week four coming at us. And I'll tell you what, even if you're 0-3, season isn't over, man. A lot of fantasy football left to be played. We have 11 weeks left in the regular season for most of us. And man, I've started slow in some leagues, only for the team to gel as we get into October, especially November. And a big part of that, too, is just working the waiver wire effectively. So we're going to help you do that here on the podcast today. Uh, As we do always, waiver wire rankings, some suggested fab percentages, and that is the percentage of your entire budget. So if you have $100 as your budget and it's 20%, then it's $20. It's not if you have $100 as your budget and you have $20 left and then 20% of 20. No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) This ain't Inception, man. Uh, it's just straight up. Uh, as with every every week, know how your league bids. If your league is a little bit more conservative, then you don't have to really go to the high end of this range. And if they're more aggressive and you need to go out and get a player, you might have to spend a little bit more. And as always, if you don't have a drop, don't make a drop. Also, if there are players who are rostered in over 70% of leagues, they do not make the cut here. Here's a prime example, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson was out there in your home leagues. He is the priority ad this week, not the guys who are on this list. If something crazy happened where somebody else was dropped and they, they're above this list, they're over 70% rostered, that's for a good reason and they should be picked up, like Chris Godwin or somebody like that, okay? Because that comes up every single week and it is always true those guys are more priority than this list. Okay, so at the top of the list, I do have Jamal Williams and going 20 to 25%, though I will say if I don't have DeAndre Swift, I am not particularly inclined to pick up Jamal Williams because the initial news suggests Swift is only going to miss the two weeks before their bye week. Their bye week is actually coming up early in the season. They get a week six bye week. That's the first week of byes. So you would be without Swift for three weeks, but you'd only get Williams for two. And yes, in theory, there is the implied value of if if Swift was to miss time again in the future, but we all know what happens is, you know, let's say they come back in week seven, you've been sitting on Jamal Williams, you don't have DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift goes out, has a big game, guess what you're doing after week seven? You're dropping Jamal Williams. So I wouldn't necessarily prioritize him unless I have Swift. If I do have Swift and Williams is available, I'm getting his rear end. If I have Swift and Williams is not available, I don't think it's really overly necessary to trade the farm for him. Uh, It's a tricky one. I know you want the cuff, but you likely will give more than you're going to to receive. Remember, this is a two-week rental. But that being said, he is the top out of the week. Khalil Herbert sliding in at number two on the list. I'm going 15 to 20% on him. Now, unlike Williams, there's no guarantee... You know, there's no indication that Herbert is going to be the lead back this week. The initial reports on David Montgomery's injury are actually pretty favorable. So yes, Herbert played the you know played awesome and was basically in there from the very beginning of the game after Montgomery went out. But this is one where Herbert did play well enough that maybe the coaching staff gets him a little bit more involved, so it becomes less of a one and two and more of a one and one a situation for the Bears. So we're kind of banking on that, plus the fact that, yes, any David Montgomery injury, and then Herbert's in there. So I I would be willing to grab Herbert if I don't have Montgomery. I would be, but probably on the lower end of that spectrum, like 15%. Alexander Madison, 
Uh, this one is strictly for the Dalvin Cook folks. Dalvin Cook is dealing with a shoulder issue. He should play through it with a brace, but it's just yet again another reminder that Madison should be on your roster if you have Dalvin Cook. And the numbers for this one, actually pretty crazy. So Madison in most leagues was what? Uh, like a ninth or a 10th round pick, right? In like a 12-teamer. Ninth or 10th round pick. So he was drafted in pretty much every league out there. And a lot of Dalvin Cook managers drafted him. Right now on Yahoo, he's available in 45% of leagues and 63% of leagues on ESPN. So that means a lot of people who drafted him dropped him. So this is two things, two two very different things that we need to work on if this applies to you. First, if you, if you drafted Alexander Madison and you didn't have Dalvin Cook, in the future, you're going to want to shy away from these naked handcuffs, these guys with only implied value, as opposed to more of a timeshare guy like a, like a Melvin Gordon. Like, I don't love Melvin Gordon, but at least he has actual real value without Javante Williams being hurt. Madison doesn't have value unless Cook is hurt. So that one, work on that one for the future if that applies to you. The other uh, side to this, though, is people who didn't commit to the handcuff. If they drafted Alexander Madison and have Dalvin Cook and then dropped Alexander Madison, why even draft him in the first place? A couple of years ago, people got all bent out of shape because I went on my XM show and I said, listen, if you're just going to cut the handcuff, don't draft a handcuff. And of course, all people heard was me saying, don't draft a handcuff, which wasn't what I meant. I meant if you can't commit to this thing, if you can't actually execute a plan, then don't do the plan, right? Like, he should not be this widely available. Like, basically, Dalvin Cook's not, like, whatever, 100% rostered, 99.9% rostered, right? That means Alexander Madison should be on almost all those rosters. I get if you only have like four bench spots, okay, fine. But if you have six bench spots and you have Dalvin Cook and you didn't draft Alexander Madison, what are we doing, right? And then if you know if he's dropped, we really should pick him up. But you could be you could be in a position where you don't have a drop. I get that. He still should not be out there in sixty three percent of ESPN leagues. That's just way, way, way too much right there. Now I'm so three running backs to top the list. I'm not adding Madison. I'm not like running out of my way to add Madison if I don't have Dalvin Cook. But if I do, you bet your rear end. I'm going to get him on one way or another. Uh, so 10 to 15% on him. 10 to 15% on Romeo Dubs or Dobbs. It's both. Like Dubs, I guess we can call is his nickname, and Dobbs is actually his last name, but whatever. Romeo Dobbs, Sammy Watkinson's on injured reserve. Dobbs coming off a very good game. Eight catches in that contest. Could be the number one receiver on this team. Now, that doesn't mean he's the next coming of Devontae Adams, but 15% on a guy who's widely available. And yes, I know, we dropped him last week. We didn't know Sammy Watkins was going to land on injured reserve first and foremost. And we didn't know that Christian Watson also is never seemingly going to be healthy. So the opportunity is there. If he's available, we'll go out, we'll get him. I think 15% should do it. Although I will say this, since I have written the column this morning, there was a Roto World blurb about how he could be the wide receiver one. So guess what that's going to do? Maybe if you really want him, you might have to go upwards to 20%. Traylon Burks, 7 to 10%. Yes, the fantasy numbers weren't good last week, but you know what's good? His usage. He is not the number four on this team. In fact, he led the Titans with 27 routes run. That was two more than Robert Woods. This is one that this is just you're getting a freebie on waivers because somebody else got impatient and dropped him. And I, th- I don't even know if you have to go to 10%, to be honest. I think 7% could do it. Uh, Russell Gage, 5 to 7% on him. 
The week three production is not sustainable. He did that without Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin on the field. When those guys are back, it's going to be hard from the, especially Evans right right away. Like we don't know when Godwin is going to come back, and Jones could be back this week. But when things like this happen early in the season, this was a huge game from Russell Gage. When things like that happen early in the season, sure, it could be a fluke. But spending 5% on a guy and it turning out to not be a fluke, those are season difference makers. Like not I don't want to say league winner necessarily, but these are these are the differences between teams that make a deep push and then teams who either fight for a playoff spot, don't make it or get bounced in the first round. So I'm going to take a shot on it if I have the opportunity to do so. Uh, Zay Jones, 5-7%. to with Two good games from him so far. Week week two wasn't that great, but weeks one and three so far so good. 24 targets this season. That's only three fewer than Christian Kirk. David Njoku, oh boy, here we go. We're on the carousel. Um, <laughs> we dropped them last week. Pick them back up. 3-5%. to uh, This merry-go-round is going to continue. I don't, I'm not, I mean... People wanted to drop him after week two. We did. People wanted to pick up Gerald Everett in week two. We did. People want to drop Gerald Everett this week, and they will, and pick up David Njoku. Like, this is the definition of insanity. But whatever. I guess pick him up. Just know that Kevin Stefanski did say against certain uh, you know, certain defenses, they are not going to use him heavily in the passing game. So it's like a personnel thing. So there are going to be good weeks and there's going to be like goose egg weeks. Uh, Mac Hollins, three to five percent. He had the career day with Hunter Renfro not in the lineup, but this is like very similar to the Russell Gage thing. Like that was a huge game. He had eight catches, one fifty-eight and a score. So what if it was a sign of things to come and we we could get him on the cheap this week? So I'm, I'm going to go 3 to 5% on him. Not overboard because, yes, Renfro will get his when he's back from the concussion. And, of course, you have Adams and Waller. But, again, what if this was the sign of things to come? You just never quite know. So taking shots on these guys. We, I often talk about bench churn. Like, this is the time of year now where bench churn is going to start to come into play. And Mac Hollins is a perfect bench churn guy. Like, if you have Darnell Mooney, honestly, believe it or not, I'm going to talk about him in the drop, drop list or the cut list. Darnell Mooney, if you could drop him for Mac Hollins, I, I, it sounds crazy, but that's a churn move. You churned for a guy who actually showed signs of life for a guy who has shown no signs of life in three weeks. I know it's crazy, but this is kind of where we are. Justice Hill, 3 to 5%. J.K. Dobbins was um, back in the mix, but Hill led the backfield in snaps. 28 for him, 26 for J.K. Dobbins, 1. <laughs> For Mike Davis, and of course, uh, Kenyon Drake was not active. Trevor Lawrence, three to five percent, continues to trend up. You know, three passing scores against a tough Chargers defense, just looks overall good. I wouldn't get too crazy dropping somebody like Russell Wilson for him, but Trevor Lawrence trending in the right direction. Really like what we're seeing out of him so far this season. Robert Tunyon, three percent, seven targets for him this past week. It's a volume thing. Devontae Parker, I'm only going three percent. If Mac Jones was healthy, then it would be higher because they were finally on the same page. 156 on five catches, 10 targets. But Jones looks like he's going to miss some significant time here. Greg Dortch, three percent. All right, I'll bite. Three weeks in a row with double-digit fantasy points. No Rondell Moore to be seen. A.J. Green looking like he's going to miss some time as well. So why not? 
Isaiah McKenzie, 3%. The volume was there this past week, but be careful. He's certainly, at best, just the number three target. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis are ahead of him. Josh Palmer, 3%. Looks like Keenan Allen should be back this week, but there's value with Palmer as the number three, and you know, obviously he's one injury away from a larger role here. K.J. Osborne showing up here, 3% on him. He had uh, five catches for 73 yards and a score. He's the number three in that offense, but still worth rostering in deeper leagues. Samaje Piran, 3%. Now, Mixon does sound like he's going to play on Thursday. He's got a little bit of an ankle issue, but yet again, I said this last week on the pod, if you have Joe Mixon, you should have Samaje Piran. Like, it's not as essential as Alexander Madison for Dalvin Cook, but it's pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, you know, Mixon doesn't play. Samaje Piran's a top 15 option. So you'd be, you're leaving that on the waiver wire right now if you have Joe Mixon. Evan Ingram, 2%. I know he only had one catch last week, but this is a not, a, this is not a box score chasing play. This is, he doesn't leave the field. And I would rather have a guy who's always on the field, especially on an offense that's trending in the right direction. Tyler Conklin, 2%. Big week for him. My one holdup is I don't know what Zach Wilson is going to mean for Tyler Conklin, so I'm not going overboard with him. Josh Reynolds, 2%, led the Lions in targets this past week. Ten of them, though, Jamison Williams, his looming return, it's it's definitely uh, not not uh, optimal for Reynolds' long-term value. Also, Craig Reynolds for Detroit, 2%. Smith, uh, Swift is banged up, so Reynolds, Craig Reynolds, has like secondary handcuff value now. And we saw like if he gets in there, this dude's not bad. He can carry a big workload, and he he's got a little bit of pop to him. If uh, something was to happen to Jamal Williams, Marcus Mariota, two percent. He's quarterback fourteen somehow. <laughs> it's largely because of his legs. Hasn't been pretty, but as a short term fill in in a deep one quarterback league. I don't think he's out there in Superflex. Zach Wilson, however, is at 24 on the list, going only 2% in deep one-quarterback leagues, but Superflex, I'd go upwards of 25%. He could be back under center this week, and I do think he has a long leash as the starter. Tristan Ebner, 1%, sort of a secondary handcuff here for the Bears if you're in deep leagues. Jalen Warren, 1%. Actually looked really good in week three. Doesn't have an opportunity for independent value, but if you have Najee Harris, just a friendly reminder, you probably should have Jalen Warren. Matt Ryan, 1%, deep, one quarterback leagues. If he was somehow dropped in Superflex, they'd go 15-plus percent on him. Jacoby Brissett, uh, more of a super flex ad, especially now that he he seems seemingly has this chemistry with Amari Cooper going down. Uh, ten to fifteen percent in super flex. Geno Smith, same thing. Ten to fifteen percent. Definitely has been riffing well with Tyler Lockett the last two weeks, and then DK Metcalf getting on the board this past week was encouraging. Hoyer the Destroyer, uh, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Mac Jones will be out for at least a month with a high ankle sprain, probably more like six weeks. I go five to ten percent on Hoyer. Chances are, you know, he may be the only starting option who's available on your waiver wire, and every starter should be rostered in your superflex format. Kenny Pickett, no announcement from the Steelers at all that it's even in consideration for him to start this week. But I'm going to get out ahead of it. And on the cheap, I mean, you may only have to spend three percent or so. You don't even like if you still out there now, you probably don't have to spend much at all on Kenny Pickett. All right, hard pass. These are players who may be picked up, but it shouldn't be by you. Uh, all right, Jelani Woods. Don't sort by last 
last week's fantasy points scored. Yes, he scored two touchdowns. He only ran 11 routes. That was nine fewer than Mo Alley-Cox. Devin Duvernay scoring touchdowns left and right. Only two targets in week three. LaVisca Chenault. We all saw the highlight touchdown, but guess what? You, well, you would have blinked and you would have missed the five routes he ran in that game. That's it. Shai Smith is still clearly the number three receiver for them. And unless Chanel can crack that number three job, he will not have fantasy value on the regular. Here are players who I'm holding. Travis Etienne. I know he isn't what you drafted him to be, but he has 16 touches this past week. James Cook, still a, you know, he's a stash. We didn't draft him for September. We drafted him really for like late October. So I'm stashing him. Raheem Mostert. Yes, Chase Edmonds scored twice, but Mostert led the backfield in snaps. Ken Walker. Same thing as James Cook. Like, Rashad Penny's the lead back. Okay, whoopity-do. I didn't draft Ken Walker for September. DJ Moore, I know it's frustrating, but he did lead the team in targets with six of them this past week. Allen Robinson, he had five targets this last week. That was only one fewer than Cooper Cup. They just didn't throw the ball a lot in that contest. Marquez Valdez-Scantling ran 31 routes. It was a team high. Seven targets as well. Elijah Moore, 10 targets for him. That was the same amount as Garrett Wilson. Jahan Dotson, only two catches for 10 yards, but he had eight targets. Russell Wilson, I know it's not what you want it to be. Still looks like everything's gelling there. You know, it's yet to crystallize, but I really like what we've seen, the chemistry with Cortland Sutton. So that's a step in the right direction. If you're really that worried about Wilson, you're not dropping him. You're maybe adding like Trevor Lawrence or something but not dropping Russell Wilson right now. The cut list, Justin Fields. And I'm not cutting Justin Fields in Superflex, but in one quarterback, yeah, he gone. He has failed to reach 20 passing attempts in any game this season. Joe Flacco, we had a nice little run there, but Zach Wilson is going to be back. Kenyon Drake, healthy scratch. I don't even know if they keep him on the roster after J.K. Dobbins is fully like back up to speed. Zamir White, this is one of those classic, we drafted this guy in the late rounds. We, even if we had Josh Jacobs, there's no value here. With Zamir White at this point, I mean, it's hard. It's just so hard to cuff a second running back. And Josh Jacobs is at least your second running back. So I'm getting rid of Zamir White uh, in most every uh, instance if, if I had him. Kenny Gainwell, only three touches, no work in the passing game this week. He gone. Isaiah Pacheco played just five offensive snaps this past week. Jet McKinnon, if you want somebody, is the the other guy to roster there, not Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Tyler Algier, unfortunately, he just needs volume to be a fantasy option, and Cordero Patterson's playing his balls off right now, so Algier is going to go. Marlon Mack, I have no idea what you guys see in this dude, but yes, we're going to drop him yet again. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Played zero offensive snaps this week. This one hurts, but Darnell Mooney... Um, I just it's three games in a row. I know one was in a monsoon, but that's even that it's two games in a row. Two games is a trend in the NFL. They just they're not able to throw the football in that offense. Robbie Anderson, until Baker Mayfield can prove to be more consistent, I'm not gonna roster Robbie Anderson. Sterling Shepard, ugh, torn ACL. Um, if you're wondering, like I'm just avoiding the Giants for right now. I don't know when Kadarius Tony or Wandale Robinson are gonna play. I don't know if Kenny Galladay will ever be uh, the player we once thought he was. I mean, Richie James is like their number one receiver right now. It's just a mess. Like, if you have Saquon Barkley, this is yet again better news for you. It sucks for Sterling Shepard, but they're going to keep leaning on Barkley. Um, Nico Collins, he gone. There's just not enough, uh, you know, meat on the passing bone, <laughs> if that's a thing, in the Texas passing game. Uh, McCole Hartman, he gone. 
uh, one target this last week. Sky Moore, if you're still rostering, why are we still rostering? He played eight offensive snaps this last week. Ashton Doolin, it was worth a churn. Uh, we didn't know if he was going to be something or not, but he only ran eight routes with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce back, so he gone. Uh, unfortunately, that's a, that happens with churns. Some sometimes you hit on a churn, sometimes you don't. Kyle and Granson, the Colts are using three tight ends with Jelani Woods now in the mix. Hunter Henry, oh, just three catches this season. Mike Gusecki predictably faded into the background after a big week two uh, this last week. And and Isaiah Likely, he's the third target in the offense, which is good, but they are run heavy. And, and you know, it's really it's run heavy, it's Mark Andrews heavy, and really there's not much room for anybody else other than maybe Rashad Bateman. So Isaiah Likely, he gone as well. All right, let's stream some defenses. First and foremost, though, if you have one of these four already on your roster, I think you're good. You don't need to make a move. Green Bay, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Dallas. I, I think the Green Bay especially, it's a very appealing getting uh, you know this matchup after an injury. Anytime you get to face a a backup quarterback, it always sucks when the the, the starter goes down. But you you know you're facing Brian Hoyer. Uh, the Steelers get to face the Jets, so that one's been circled on the calendar. Uh, the Cowboys get Washington. Giddy up there, Washington giving up five sacks a game, and then you know the 49ers are facing the Rams. And ordinarily, ordinarily you'd think, what the heck? Really? Oh no, really? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, they're giving up a lot of points, so those teams all stay. Notice. As good as Buffalo is, they are not on my list of teams to keep. They're facing Baltimore, man. Baltimore can put some points on the board. Top streamers of the week um, in no particular order. Uh, Minnesota facing New Orleans. The Saints have allowed the most fantasy points to defenses this season. Three giveaways per game. That's a lot. Uh, Los Angeles, they're facing Houston. Chargers have three picks on the season, so averaging one per game, they should get uh, a shot of padding those numbers here against Davis Mills. Uh, like the Miami Dolphins, believe it or not, if I were to say this three weeks ago, that we should be using the Miami Dolphins against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, I, I don't know about you, I would have been like something like, You're crazy, You're crazy man. You're crazy. I like you. <laughs> Seriously, crazy. But you know what? Here we are, and the Bengals are not a bad matchup so far this season. They're the number three fantasy matchup. 15 sacks allowed already this season, and Miami's pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. I'm also going to use uh, both sides of the Giants-Chicago Bears game. <laughs> yes, it's come to that. <laughs> I would prefer the Giants uh, going up against... Uh, the the Bears the Bears aren't necessarily turning the ball over, but man, they're averaging just seventeen three point three points per game. They are yeah, you you can get after Justin Fields. So then on the other side though, um, I mean yeah, Saquon Barkley has been great, but Daniel Jones has been sacked four point three times per game, third highest rate uh, of any team out there this season. So yeah, I mean really all we're trying to do is generate takeaways. So they are in play there. Uh, those would be the squads I would go after for streaming purposes 
uh, this week. I mean, Cleveland, I guess, is out there uh, in enough leagues, too, against Atlanta. But Atlanta's actually been turning it up a little bit, so that's why I kind of shaded, shaded away from them. If you drafted the Browns to go through the first four weeks of the season, though, you can still stay the course. Remember, don't split hairs with team defense. It's not. It's really a waste of your time to do so because what we're trying to get, touchdowns, it's the most random stat of all the defensive stats. All right, so that'll do it for today. Remember, if you are not already subscribing Subscribe to the other podcast that I do each week. It's called the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. I do those on Wednesdays for rankings and Fridays for matchups for you. It's really just this show with different music. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're putting it on that feed over there, so make sure you're subscribing to that. Keep reviewing the show. I've seen some newer reviews on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate all the shout-outs there. And remember, follow along with me on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe. All right, I will catch you on this feed again next week for another waivers run. That'll be on Tuesdays. Until then, I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.